Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. Good morning, my friends. Good morning. I welcome you to the podcast this morning. Thanking you for those who are joining me. Uh, those who have been joining us for a while now, a couple of years. <laughs> and then those that are joining us for the first time, we welcome you. My name is Antonia Roman. I am your host. It is always my pleasure to come to you with the Word of God so that the Word of God can spark our lives. It can give us the encouragement we need. It can inspire by us. But most of all, we can follow its instructions, which is one of the things and one of the areas that many people struggle with. So my friends, as you know, we have been in the book of Hosea. And in the book of Hosea, we've been covering a lot. And I have mentioned to you initially that I don't really usually hear too many Times I had never really heard too many times in my life when they've covered the book of Hosea. And um, I we understand now why. Because it is very deep. It is so deep. It is really about, you know, we've read already the four chapters in Hosea. And it's really like a socket to you <laughs> type of um, chapter like, it keeps reminding you of the wrong you are doing. It keeps reminding you of the sin you're committing. And it keeps reminding you of what God's going to do <laughs> about it. And um, and sometimes, you know, my friends, I get it. People just don't want to be thrown in their faces the wrong they're doing. But here's the bottom line, my friends. If we don't do it, if God doesn't do it, who's going to do it? right? So when we are in sin and when we are in a place that we're doing the wrong thing in God's eyes, that we're going against his laws, that we're going against his commandments, there needs to be warriors that are willing to step up on behalf of the Lord, on behalf of God as, as ministers, as messengers, as prophetic leaders um, in, in the calling of what God would want for the kingdom to step up and be bold <laughs> about who God is and the things that we are not supposed to be doing. And uh, we find ourselves in a society today, my friends, that this is what keeps happening. We just keep sugarcoating everything. We just keep, you know, letting things happen and we're okay with it. Well, you know, in God's word, when it says he's not okay with it, we should not be okay with it. So, we're going to pick up starting with chapter 5. And for those that um, wanted to just do a quick recap about what happened um, last time. Um, basically, you know, stop others from, from, from sinning. Stop others from doing. Uh, and rebellion, since we covered it last time, when someone is rebellious, they do their own thing. 
They rebel against God. They rebel against their family members. They rebel against their co-workers, you know, the their community. Uh, it's a rebellion about um, not wanting to do what God has required of them, not wanting to obey God's word. And we become rebellious, my friends. We face consequences um, because when you're rebellious, you just do what you want to do and you don't care about anybody else. And at the end of the day, God will express to you and will expose it and will allow you to be ashamed because God will expose the things that go against his word. And even in our lives, sometimes when we think, you know, people are getting away with murder, people are getting away with, you know, sin, people are getting away with uh, fraud, people are getting away with, you know, uh, so many things. That doesn't mean God doesn't see it. He sees everything. And in due timing, things will be revealed. Things will be exposed. So my friends, it says here, starting in chapter 5, verse 1, it says here, Hear this, O priests, take heed of house of Israel. Give ear, O house of the king, for yours is the judgment. Because you have been a snare to Mishpah and a net spread on Tabor. The revolters are deeply involved in slaughter, though I rebuke them all. I know Ephraim, and Israel is not hidden from me. For now, O Ephraim, you commit hollow tree. Israel is defiled. They do not direct their deeds toward turning to their God. For the spirit of hollow tree is in their midst, and they do not know the Lord. The pride of Israel testifies to his face. Therefore Israel and Ephraim stumble in their iniquity, and Judah also stumbles with them. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We know your word is true. We know your word gives us life. And we know your word gives us warning signs, and it guides us, and it gives us much illustrations of different scenario examples and we thank you for the word father and that it would embed itself in our hearts and our mind and our spirit and our soul so we would learn from the wrongs that others have done and that we would be aware and focused to not do the same mistakes so we thank you for your word amen you know, my friends, what's happening here is that we had been all along knowing the idolatry that Israel was committing, and we were aware of their actions, and we were aware of the sacrifices they were doing to false gods, and we were aware of the sacrifices they were even making of their own children to the false gods because they wanted instant gratification, uh, instant satisfaction of how they wanted their lives to turn out. And when they didn't trust God for his timing on the things that God would bless them with or would bring them to have provision with, they took it upon their own hands to go and worship other gods because they wanted instant gratification. And they were willing to be swayed and do anything and everything that someone else 
would tell them about or someone else how they would guide them knowing that it went against God's word but because they were operating in their own flesh and they were not relying on the Holy Spirit they were not relying on the word of the Lord they were not relying on the guidance of their heavenly father they decided to go their own route they decided to make their pave their own way their own pathway which ultimately leads to it leads to destruction and here when it says at this point now because God was seeing everything he's identifying everything he knows every detail we always say here in this podcast that no matter what you think you're hiding from God it is never hidden it is revealed it is exposed it is open to him to see clearly everything you do so for those of you who are listening <laughs> listening to me for the first time today Um always remember that no matter what you do it is done in God's eyes. It is done in God's eyes even though you might be in your home by yourself doing it, even though you're hiding in a closet, even though you're in the bathroom doing it, even though you're walking down the street doing it. Whatever you do, God sees it all. It doesn't matter where you're at cuz he's everywhere. And we have to remember that. And we have to be conscious We have to have integrity within ourselves to know that whatever we do in secret, and that's why God's word says whatever we do in secret, he will reward us publicly because he sees what we do in the secret. <laughs> he sees what we do on behind closed doors. He sees all that. So you can't go around thinking that, "Oh, I, I'm going to get away with this whatever you're doing because no one's seeing me. God sees you, my dear." And don't forget that. And when it says here, now there's a a pending he he moment, right? Cuz this was at the time of Hosea. Um and this was being brought forth. And it says, "Hear this, O priests." Right? So hear this, listen up priests. The priests, the primary people who are supposed to lead the community, who are supposed to set good examples, and as we know when we read earlier they were not so it starts off with them because the priests are very important at the time of Hosea and they point today they point just as at the time of Hosea where the priests were the leaders they were the spiritual guidance leaders to the people of leading them to God and le- leading them away from sin and leading them away from getting caught up in the things that went against God's laws or his commandments we apply this to us today Listen pastors, listen ministers, listen deacons. Listen listen sisters and brothers. <laughs> listen everybody, listen up. <laughs> It says here this old priest take heed of house of Israel. Right like here here priest take heed. Check this out. Look what's happening. See what's going on here. Oh house of Israel, right? Give ear oh house of the king. right even the king cuz remember we had the priests they had priests they had kings they had people leadership they had people that um governed over the people and we can look at that today he he president of the united states he he vice president he he you know uh district attorney he he lawyer he you know all the leaders pastors you know you name it we go go, go down the line of leadership and people who govern and oversee over other people For yours is the judgment. That's what it says here. 
So it's like, hey, hey, everybody, and we're calling you out by name, right? Because we said this before. They did it before. They call you out by name. So they're like, you, Sister Brown, you, 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 Brother Smith, you, um, you, you, Anthony over there. <laughs> Everything's called out by name because God knows everyone. He knows everything. He knows your name. He knows your first, your last name. He knows everything about you when you were born. Why? Because he created you. <laughs> That's why. And he knew you when you were in your mother's womb. So, therefore, when they get called out, it's like, listen up, everybody. Listen up. Pay attention. X, Y, and Z, one, two, three. <laughs> Pay attention. Yours is the judgment. Because at the end of the day, we are all going to be judged, my friends. We're going to be judged. A lot of us think, well, you can't judge me, Antonia. You're right. I'm not supposed to judge you. God judges you. But if I know you personally, and you're my brother and sister in Christ, and you're segueing into a totally different place that you're not supposed to be in, if I see you're headed towards trouble, <laughs> if I see that you are going down the wrong road, if you're trying, if you're about to make some drastic, horrible, terrible decisions for yourself, I will sit down with you and have a conversation, a righteous judgment conversation. Say, hey, sis, have you noticed this? Hey, brother, did you notice this? I don't know about you, but I noticed this. Is everything okay? Are you struggling in certain areas? Are you caught up with addiction again? You know, because listen, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're not supposed to gossip about people's business. But if you have confided in someone and that person is your mentor or your mentee or that person has prayed for you or that person is your praying partner or that person is your praying warrior, an intercessor, whatever it is, your pastor, even, you know, whatever it is, you know, and they see that you're starting to fall by the wayside, they should have come and have a conversation with you and be like, hey, sister, hey, brother, I noticed this has been happening. And we have the right also even to go to our elders, us as a congregate members, <laughs> and say to our elders, hey, we're noticing something's up with our pastor. We're noticing that he's speaking in a different way. Hey, we're noticing that something's it's not lining up with the word. Like, we have the right to come and, and, and have conversations about that and say, how can we help this brother? How can we help this sister? What is it that's going on here? Because listen, this might... This might set us up for, like, you know, uh, not getting blessed. This might set us up, you know, into a curse. Like, we have to have conversations about that. So what is happening here? Loud and clear. It's being known. All these people, right? The priests, the house of Israel. And that's all the people. <laughs> and the house of the king. The king, his servants, right? His side leadership. Yours is the judgment, because you have been a snare to Mishpah and a net spread on Tabor. Let's talk about that for a minute. So these were places, right? Um, Mishpah and Tabor were places that existed during this time. And these were places that they particularly went to, to worship their false gods. They went there to worship Baal, which was a false god. 
It was a made-up God. It was a God um, that was not that that had such a darkness behind it that people were sinning left and right. And when God is even pinpointing right here, not only am I naming the people, I'm naming the places. <laughs> because God knows it all. And when he starts to name these things, these are the things found out. These are the things that go they go noticed. God is like, enough is enough. I have to speak up about this. And I have to bring it to the forefront. I have to call it out for what it is. And then it says, because you have been a snare to Mishpah and the net spread on Tabor. Because you have been worshiping in these places. And not only have you been worshiping there, but you've taken my children, God's children, and you have made them sin. You've converted them into sinners. You've converted them to do things that go against my word. You have lured them into a place to worship other gods. When I specifically gave instructions early on, when I I spoke about, you know, in the commandments, you shall not worship any other god but your god and love your god with all your soul, your mind, your spirit, and your soul. You... You can you were not supposed to be worshiping any other gods. You broke that commandment. You broke that law. And because you've done that, I'm calling it out for what it is. And it says, and the revolters are deeply involved in slaughter, though I rebuke them all. Those who revolt against someone, revolt against them because they want to do their own thing. They want to go ahead and encourage other people to sin. Encourage them and tell them it's okay to do what they want to do. It's okay for them to go and commit the sin in these places, particularly leaders who were doing that. They encouraged the people to sin because they were leading the people down the wrong road. They were leading the people to destruction. And today, my friends, we have to look at this and say, who's being called out these days? Who's being exposed? What areas are being identified where these things are taking place that these people who are committing the sin are living at, right? We turn on the news, we turn on the radio, we start to hear stories about XYZ person from XYZ place or even XYZ church and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're committing sin, they're committing fraud, they're committing embezzlement, you know, they're uh, committing tax fraud, whatever it is. We're starting to hear a lot of stories. People are being exposed. People are being found out. People are being named. Not just their names, but the places that they're at and the places and the companies, organizations, entities that they're associated with. And right now we are seeing that, you know, uh, with some big people right now, you know, in the cryptocurrency world, it's all over the news. You know, because that person was a prominent person in their industry, 
and they were a leader and you know and had many followings and they too ended up committing some type of sin which is starting to be unveiled and exposed because everything gets found out my friends and because these leaders were deeply involved in the slaughter as it says here meaning deeply involved in making people think that it was okay to sin allowing them to sin right allowing them to carry out whatever they wanted to do in their lives and it says though i rebuked them though the lord said hey 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 stop doing that in the name name of jesus stop doing that i rebuke you stop doing that you know it's funny because not too long ago someone has said to me that the word rebuke was not in the bible and then I was looking at this, and I'm like, well, it's in my Bible. It's the first, <laughs> first King James Version, you know. So I was like, it's in my Bible. You know, I know that I have the, the, the new King, King James Version. So whenever they translate it, they translate it to a word, you know, that might be a little bit more understandable, you know, to the person who reads it. But in either case, whether it says rebuke or let's say I reject or let's say I push back, whatever the word is. The, the reality is, is that God was against it. God was saying, you need to stop doing that. Uh, he was against that. He was exposing it. He was saying, I am, I'm done with that. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. You need to stop doing what you're doing. I'm not in agreement with that. Blank, 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 right? And this is what needs to happen with us too today, my friends. You know, if you are aware that something is happening, uh, you need to rebuke it. As Christians, you know, today in 2022, we see something that's not kosher. We see something that's not of God. We see something that goes against God's word. We see something of a a, of a a a new law that's being implemented, and and it's allowing people to commit sin. It's allowing people to do things. Oh my gosh! Like we need to jump on that and be like, we rebuke that. We need to pray against that. We need to war against that, knowing our Heavenly Father is by our side. Because if we don't st- take a stance and stand up and, 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 and really let people know, hey, you're going down the wrong road here. You're sinning. You're going against God. If we don't really take a stance and we let people just fall by the wayside, we're witnesses to what we're doing and we're partakers in that. You know, just like um, when a person uh, sees that someone else commits a crime and they get in the getaway car with them, well, they were an accomplice to the crime. They were the driver of the getaway car. Like, it's the same thing for us. We see sin happening left and right. We don't say nothing about it. We're okay with it. People are going out, you know, we're hanging out with the people. We're okay. We're chilling with them, you know. We never bring up the subject about God. We never bring up the subject about letting them know. Are they aware they're in sin? Are they aware that they're committing, you know, uh, tragedy against other people? Or, or, you know, mostly against themselves? Do we stand up and do we say, we rebuke that? But what's happening today, my friends, is a lot of us are staying quiet. We're staying so quiet. 
And that's why when we see that evil, 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 evil continues to climb, 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 climb. Death, 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 continues to climb. You know, murder, 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 continues to climb. And we see, you know, fraud, 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 fraud. I mean, I could just keep going down the list. It just continues to climb in numbers. It continues to, to overtake situations and places. And we're like, but how could this be happening? It's happening because no one stood up. It's happening because no one rebuked it. It's happening because we didn't speak up as Christians and say, I'm not having that in my house. I'm not having that in my neighborhood. I'm not having that in the school. And like I mentioned last time, there are a couple of people that are fighting really hard, especially for their children when it comes to the school system. They are. But they're still small in numbers. Why? Because of the rest, because of the rest of the people who are single or never had children, or you know, like myself, I never had children, but I'm very concerned about children. Even though I'm I'm married and I don't have children, that doesn't mean I shouldn't be concerned about children. I should definitely be concerned about children because that's the next generation. And in God's word, God's word, it says very clear to us: we're supposed to educate the next generations about His word and who He is and have relationship with him so they can then go on and live their lives and have a fulfilled life with God. If but that doesn't mean I don't I have to have children to do that. Like I could still encourage a child. I can encourage a young adult. I've done that my whole life. You know, I have been part of like um ministry with children's ministry. I've been in uh ministry with teenagers, adults, you know, so it doesn't limit me from still wanting to fight the good fight on behalf of that. And it's a sh- it's just a shame because we see things happening and we di- we don't care. And that be- that becomes a very heart a heartfelt thing for me. That there are some things sometimes I hear stories people bring to me they're like, "Oh, guess what I saw?" And then they tell me, and I'm like, well, did you say something? Did you rebuke it? Did you open up your mouth? And they're like, nah, that had nothing to do with me. Yes, it did, because you were a witness to it, and now you're privy to it, and you're an accomplice. <laughs> and I know some of you are listening to me going, man, Anthony, you are crazy. Yes, I am crazy. I'm crazy for the Lord. I'm crazy for God's word. I'm crazy for the things that... um as a Christian, I stand strong on my beliefs with. Of course I am. I'm going to come across very passionate. And so should you. <laughs> you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in your life, man. You should be passionate, okay? You should be uh, passionate because whatever you were in before and you got saved, like some of you know my testimony. I mean, I was saved and, you know, um, later in life, I was born again Christian and I walked away from a lot of things, and here I am today, and I I am passionate still because what my Heavenly Father has done in my life, the miracles He's performed in my life, you know, the, um, the road He has set me on, the seasons He's had me in, the places He's taken me to, you know, where He has me today, the stillness of the Lord, His goodness. I have to be passionate about it. It's natural because it's the joy that I have within me. And if you have that joy and that peace, my friends, you should be passionate about these things too. And it says, though I rebuke them all, I know Ephraim and Israel is not hidden from me. For now, O Ephraim, you commit harlotry, Israel is defiled. 
So, what is being said here? I know exactly what you guys are doing. And because one of you is doing it, the other one is enticing, influencing the other ones to do it too. He God, is, God knows what's happening here. They're committing hollow tree, right? They are um, doing things, worshiping gods that are not good gods. They're gods of darkness. Um, they are sacrificing themselves, their bodies, sexually, immorality. Um, they're being very corrupt. Um, and because a lot of these leaders were part of it, my friends, religious leaders were part of it, civil leaders were part of it, and we're talking about civil people govern, because they were all part of it, the people get caught up. The people get caught up, my friends. Communities get caught up. And when they get caught up, a lot of people feel they don't have much of a chance to say no. Today, my friends, because of the trends of society, because of what's popular, because of what gives you access, because of what you feel gives you success, a lot of people are willing to give up their souls give up their morals to be part of things that they feel is going to make them happier or make them more rich or make them more, you know, a, a higher status, you know, things of that nature. And we get caught up. And sometimes when people get caught up, they fit, they don't know how to get out. They're like, you know, wait a minute. Um, I... I was looking for the guidance of my leaders. I thought they were guiding me correctly. I thought, you know, my pastor, every time he preached the word, I really thought he really loved us and he was giving to us, you know, God's word in, in deep, in the deep moment. Uh, but then I find out he was embezzling money. I find out he's stealing from the, from the tithe. I find out that he's committed adultery. You know, like, you're like, but I thought that that was the leadership that I was supposed to be following because they were they were really supposed to be guiding me. But I didn't really find that. What I found was someone else who had their own flesh interests. And then I then became part of it because then now I'm doing the books for the pastor. And the pastor's telling me, hey, um... Here are the receipts I'm giving you. I need to be reimbursed. And you're still looking at the receipts and you're like, wait a minute. This one says a, he had drinks and, and, and food at a strip club. Wait a minute. This one says, and, and you're like, wait a minute. What in the world? But because you're just a bookkeeper, you're just like, okay, I'm putting in these receipts. All right. All right. No, that's not all right. What you should have done when you should have gone to the elders and said, something's not right here. I'm the bookkeeper and my responsibility is the books, the money, the funding, how the money is being dispersed. And I'm noticing there's some raunchy stuff going on here. There's some unethical receipts here. There's some sinful nature receipts here. And we need to speak up. That person needs to speak up, right? But what happens is we get caught up. 
We're like, I'm just doing a job. I needed this job, you know. I haven't had a job for six months. Finally, the church hired me to be the bookkeeper. I just got to do my job. I just like, to, I just got to look the other way. Don't worry about it. I'm just going to do what I got to do. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I need a paycheck. I need to feed my family, you know. And the pastor's a good pastor. He preaches every Sunday in church. You know, he's good with us. He still feeds us. So whatever he's doing, that's not my business. I'm just a bookkeeper. Let me do the books. I'm just giving y'all an example because you know how I talk on this podcast. And because of that, <laughs> you're part, you become part of it. Innocently, sometimes knowingly, and unexpectedly, but you become part of it. And then for some people later on, when there's a huge audit or something that happens at the church, they're going to interview the bookkeeper. <laughs> they're going to interview everybody. And the bookkeeper's going to have to say, yeah, I saw these receipts. Yeah, I, I inputted them. Yeah, I did in the allocations of the, um, the profit and loss. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, yeah, I knew that. Well, why didn't you say something at the time? Just a little th- something to think about, my friends, because I know this stuff gets very deep. This is some deep stuff here. And because people get caught up, they sway other people. They sway other people to make choices and decisions that go against God. They convince other people that coming this way, this new ideology, this new way of worshiping, this new way of uh, dabbling into another way of getting to know God or things of that nature, people get caught up. They get convinced. They get lured in. And then next thing you know, they didn't see a chance. That like, oh, I didn't, I didn't have a chance to get out. I just got in. Like, so when these things are happening, my friends, God is unveiling all this. Because just as someone is an influencer, right? When we talk about influencers today, we talk about Instagram, we talk about all the social sites. And, and, you know, influencers, they influence people, people follow them. So if I go, I'm an influencer and I go and I said, this is a really good curling iron is to curl your hair, ladies. And I start curling my, my hair with it. And then you go, oh man, I've been dying to curl my hair. And then you go and you buy the product that I'm showing you, you buy it. And now you start curling your hair. Well, I just start with the curling iron, but then all of a sudden I come out with another product that, you know, I shouldn't even be talking about, no showing you. And then I'm telling you that product is good too. And you're like, well, the curling iron was good. That's got to be good too. Uh, I know that that's not something that I would normally do, but let me do it anyway. Listen, that's why you have to be very careful about who you're listening to, who you're following, um, and who are you making decisions about your life based on other people, based on what you see, based on what you hear, based on what you know. Some of you listening to this podcast right now, too, who might be listening to me for the first time, might be saying, well, I never heard of this girl. I don't know. I didn't know about the Word of God podcast. I didn't know she spoke like that. She's like very raw. And I'm like, yeah, I'm raw. I'm Puerto Rican. What can I tell you? You know, and I grew up in Italians. So sometimes I just tell it like it is because God's Word tells it like it is. And right now we're being told what it is. (laughs) And we got to pay attention. We got to read it, listen, and pay attention. So because of this, they were not just, um, they didn't just infiltrate themselves. Um, they were also infiltrating other people. 
And when you do that, when you lure other people, you become it becomes contagious. And then the sin becomes contagious. And then the sin becomes just normalized. And we're dealing with that today, my friends. Well, we're just normalizing a whole bunch of sin. You know, there's some laws that are getting ready to pass, possibly in January, you know, in areas of sexual immorality that will be acceptable. And we're just going to be okay with that. Why? Because we don't think it concerns us. Or we know it might concern the lifestyles that we're seeing around us, but we don't say anything because we're like, well, I'm not doing that. Let, let them figure it out. Well, until it gets to your doorstep and your child one day says to you, hey, I'm thinking about changing my gender. I'm thinking about, you know, going this other route. And you're like, what? I saw it around me and didn't think it would touch me. And now I got a kid telling me that they want to do that? Now, some of y'all listening to me might say, Antonia, you know, that might be a little bit discriminatory what you say. I go, get, I go according to God's word. That's what I go by. Bottom line. So when we start seeing things that are wacky and cracky and quacky, like I say sometimes, that are crazy out there, as Christians, we need to speak up. We can't stay quiet about it. Because then it overtakes us and we're caught up and we didn't have a chance. Like, oh, but had you said something, you would have had a chance. Get it? And then it says here, they do not direct their deeds toward turning to their God. They're not concerned about turning back to God. They're not concerned about the sin they know they're committing. They're not concerned about the fact that they've been guided the wrong way and that they shouldn't continue to follow the person who guided them the wrong way. They're not concerned about that. So what happens? Instead of turning to God for repentance and forgiveness and and confessing that, oh my gosh, I did the wrong thing, they continue to just do the sin over and over again. Especially if the sin gives them flesh satisfaction. Not spiritual satisfaction, but flesh satisfaction. You're making a lot of money, so why would you give that up? You, you were just given three brand new cars. Why would you give that up? You just got the triple promotion in your job, paying you triple salary. Why would you give that up? Right? I'm talking layman's terms here because these are the things we get caught up in. Sometimes when we're in sin because it's, it, it's going to benefit our flesh because we're just thinking with our mind and our flesh. We're not thinking with anything else. We're not thinking with our hearts. We're not thinking with conviction. And we're definitely not thinking because of the laws and commandments that our Heavenly Father has given us. And because it says here, for the spirit of holotry is in their midst and they do not know the Lord. Once that spirit of holotry comes into your life and you let it overtake you, my friends, you never want to look back to God. So, if you are someone who has been really waiting on the Lord for a miracle in your life, 
An example is this, because we spoke about it in the word last time. You haven't been able to have children. And you've been, you, you and your husband have been praying to God about having a child. And you have both agreed that you're going to wait on God's timing for that miracle. Despite what the doctors have said to you that you can't have children. In order for something to take place, to have a child, you would have to have like fertility treatments or something. You're like, no, I don't want to go that route. I don't want to go the fertility route. I want to just really rely on God for a miracle in my life. And you agree, you and your husband agree on it, and you go forward and you say, we're going to make this covenant with God that we're going to wait on him. If we're meant to have children, naturally we will. Um, uh, and maybe even in the future, we could maybe even adopt children. We don't know. Whatever God leads us to do, right? So you're firm on that. And then all of a sudden, someone comes around the bin and starts talking to you and says, you know, maybe you're just not able to have kids because your husband's not really having the correct sperm. Yo, I talk raw on this thing. Y'all know it. And, you know, maybe it's him. The doctors told you it was you, but maybe it's him. Maybe you just need to have sex with somebody else couple of people that you might be able to hook up with that's an example now you knowing you just made a covenant with God and your husband and you know that you're not supposed to be doing that and you know you're waiting for that miracle from your heavenly father and it could maybe be like two or three months that have passed by already maybe it's a year that has passed by already and someone comes along with this ideology, this, this suggestion, this recommendation, you know, to lure you to commit that sin. To lure you because it'll give you the result you want, a child. And they might even say to you, nobody needs to know. Nobody needs to find out. He doesn't need to find out, you know. And then they go and commit the sin. They go with Joe, Jim, Harry, Billy, Sam, whoever. And then all of a sudden, that person ends up pregnant, comes back, and it's perceived by the husband. It was the miracle. When it wasn't, it was holotry. It was adultery. It was go have sex, um, matter of affairs, however you want to name it. And because of that, we have a problem, Houston. Okay? Because then that person who did what they did will then go influence another woman and say, hey, we belong to the club of waiting for miracles to have babies. And there's like a hundred of us in this group. This is what I did. Right? And then that becomes then contagious. You know, spreading the sin to other people, spreading the ideology, spreading the idea, the recommendation. And then those people start to do the same thing. And this is what it means when they said, now they turn away from God. The covenant they had doesn't matter to them. They don't care about it. 
saying they don't care about what God promised them. God has made numerous covenant promises with us in the Bible. And those promises apply to us today. And we are supposed to be people who are supposed to be loving on God, waiting patiently for his perfect timing, for the things that he's going to do in our lives, for the for the things we've asked of him. Because he's heard all our prayers, my friends. God sees everything, hears everything, knows everything. So you cannot turn away from God to go do your own thing. You cannot be rebel against God because you feel he hasn't given you the miracle right away. It's been a year, two years. You can't rebel against God. You can't do those things. You can't say, well, I'm going to try it another way because obviously God doesn't know what he's doing. You can't do that. God knows everything he's doing. He's the master of everything. (laughs) So you have to wait patiently, my friends, because when God is going to bless you, he's going to bless you. And that's what happened with Abraham and Sarah. God had promised him he was going to have, you know, he was going to oversee the nations and, you know, his generation was going to be blessed and he was going to have a child. And even though he was older, you know, they chuckled about it, him and his wife. They were like, we're going to have a child now at this age. Well, God made that promise and told him there'd be that miracle. But because time was passing by, you know, that ideology that Sarah came along with, the idea of, hey, well, just take my servant, just take my, you know, my concubine, so that way, you know, we can have the kids and the generational promises God gave us. Well, we stepped, we stepped, we put the cart before the horse. They, what they did was sin against God. And that's why rivalry <laughs> still exists till today. Because... Then when God really blessed them, you know, uh, with their own child, and when the God, God really blessed um, the concubine with the child as well, there was this whole, like, tug of war. And my friends, what we have to remember is God is always going to be the best person that we can rely on when it comes to being um, by uh, the, his side. He's always by our side, following him, not going away from who he is, staying involved in relationship with him, staying a focus on who he is, on his commandments, on his law. And that if we find ourselves that one of our leaders is swaying us, leading us away from him, is um making us wanting us to make wrong choices um we have to know the word of god to know and be given discernment of when we are being misled that we can see all the red signs and we can know that something is wrong because it doesn't resonate and confirm with our spirit something's wrong about it you need to know when your leader is misguiding you. You need to know when your leader is telling you to do something you're not supposed to do. Now, I have seen some crazy videos on YouTube about churches where they're having the congregations do crazy stuff because they twisted the word. And that is not acceptable. That is a sin unto the Lord. 
They're using God's word, twisting it. They're benefiting from it. They're exposing people. They're, um, they're exploiting people at that as well. And they think they're doing the right thing. And then other people follow along and commit the same sin. I got to tell you, my friends, that we need to show ourselves, we need to study the word so that we're aware of what's happening, my friends. And what happens is a lot of times I'm noticing that nobody wants to study the word. Nobody wants to understand God's word and what happened to people in the past. So we have warning signs and instructions and guide us guidance of how we can apply this to our lives today. Everything that I've been reading to you right now today, my friend, should be resonating in your head and going, hey, I don't want to do that. Hey, I want to, I want to be, I don't want to be called out if I'm committing sin. I want to turn away from my sin. I want to turn back to God. I want to make sure that I am doing the right thing. I don't want to fall by the wayside. And I definitely don't want other people to like be following me. Have I been like, you know, uh, unfortunately, have I been uh, leading people the wrong way? Have I been guiding them the wrong way? Have I been, oh my gosh, have I allowed my friends to commit sin that I didn't even realize? Oh my gosh. I mean, I got to repent from those things. We got to repent. And the problem is, because the sin overtakes us, sometimes people are having a very difficult time to repent. Because the, the sin has you sucked in so much. You don't want to let go of all the perks that you're getting because of the sins that you're committing. And when we disobey God, and we know consciously we are, then it just becomes more and more easier to commit sin and more sin and more sin and so on and so on. It becomes a pattern, it becomes a lifestyle. We cannot allow the sins that we are witnessing, my friends, the sins that we're hearing about, the sins that we that is coming and knocking on our doors to consume us. We cannot allow sin to draw us in. We cannot allow sin to put us on a path we're not meant to be on. And we definitely cannot allow anything to steer us away from who God is. In our lives, we need to walk away. We need to run. (laughs) We need to make sure that we move quickly away from sin. That we don't get involved with sin. That we know when someone asks us, hey, do you want to be part of this? We know how to make the right judgment call and say, no, thanks, I'm good. Or, Or, you know, someone invites you to a place that you know you don't belong at. No, 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 I don't need to go there. Thanks. You need to know how to be strong and stand up for the Lord. Stand up for yourself with the word of God. Stand up in defending the Lord and who he is and his righteousness. And stand up and say, no, I'm not willing to be part of that sin. I don't want anything to do with that. And we have the right to rebuke it. You need to say something. Hear something, say something. (laughs) I always say that. Hear something, know something, say something. Because at the end of the day, You're going to help yourself and you're going to help somebody else. You don't let your child put their hand in the burning flame of the stove fire 
when you know that his hand is going to be burned. You immediately go and grab your, your child's hand and take it away and turn off that stove. You don't let your kid just walk the street across the street by themselves when they're a toddler. Because they were going to get hit by the car. You hold on to their hand and you walk with them. Now, I can go on and on with numerous examples, but what I want us to walk away with about this particular passage is that God was making himself very clear. He was pinpointing who was doing the wrong. He was pinpointing the places. And he was saying that because you've turned away from me and you're just continuously caught up in your sin, judgment is coming to you. And we can apply this to our lives today. And it says here, the pride of Israel testifies to his face. Therefore, Israel and Ephraim stumble in their iniquity. Judah also stumbles with them. When we're stumbling in our iniquities, my friends, because we're committing sin, because we're doing whatever we want to do, because we're being rebellious, because we just want it our way. It's my way or the highway, you say to people sometimes, right? God says, well... You're going to have to, you're going to stumble in your iniquity. You're going to fall. You're going to have a hard fall at that. Things are going to be destroyed. You're going to lose it all. You're not going to be, things are going to be taken away from me. You know, you're not going to have the same status that you had before. God will expose so many things. He'll bring it to the forefront. Next thing you know, you lost that promotion of that three times the amount of pay because you were doing wicked things in the, in the company. You know, next thing you know, you know, your cars are being repossessed because you're not, you know, you, you, you did things unethically. You know, I, I could go on and on with the examples and the list, my friends, but I hope that you're getting a gist of what I'm talking about here. Listen, we get caught up in society every day. Every day that you wake up and you open your eyes and you have breath and you can talk, walk, and you can breathe because God has allowed you another day. Make it purposeful, my friend, according to what God would want you to do in your life. Do not continue to stay abound you know by um what you think uh you know you should be doing in society you know we're in this world but we're not of this world once you become a born again christian and you have a relationship with christ and you've accepted jesus christ as lord and savior in your heart you're no longer of this world you shouldn't be operating in the format of the world yes we're in it do we get up do we go to work do we you know, do we drive our car to work? Yes. Do we do our homework? Do we go to school? We're still in the world, but the world sin is not what we have to be involved with. That's what I'm getting to. And you need to know the difference between right and wrong, bad and good. You know what I mean? So evil and good. So you need to really know. You need to know God's word. You need to be operating in the spirit. I speak about that all the time. Operate in the spirit so you know what's happening. Because where there's a huge battle happening in the heavens. There's a huge battle happening in the spiritual world. You need to know what is going on. And you need to know how to stay away from it. And not allow yourself to be tempted by sin. So my friends, 
this has truly been <laughs> again an honor uh privilege to be able to sh freely share this world this word with you and we live in the united states of america we still can we're very fortunate that we could still use these platform methods of podcasts and radio and youtube and all these things to bring forward the word so my friends i pray that your day goes well I pray that you become aware of your surroundings. I pray also that you make the right choices for yourself and your family and others around you. And ultimately, that you stay attentive to who God is, who he is in your life, the relationship you have, and that you fear the Lord to know that he's by your side. And mostly that he sees every move that you make. So by knowing that, you'll be more on your pins and needles. <laughs> like I always say, it's good to fear the Lord. It's not a bad thing. It keeps you in check. <laughs> so my friends, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I look forward to sharing the word of God with you again next week. We will rise and shine with the word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the word of God. The word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.